Hey, welcome back to the Little Bit Out West podcast. We're going to get a little bit out west today. So, this is the one-year anniversary from when we started. We've gone through the entire year, and we have finished the book. And so today is going to be one of those bittersweet days. (laughs) We're going to finish season one, and we're going to start season two. You probably won't notice much difference, but we're all going to have a big party. Yay! One year. So, hallelujah for that. Now that that's over, let's get right into our subject. But before I do, I forgot. I got to let you know that whenever possible, actually, I don't even know why I'm saying this because you already know, but whenever possible, share the podcast with everybody you know. Today, we're going to talk about the subject of faith and what it is and what to do about it. So I've been a part of the so-called faith movement ever since around 1983 or thereabout. The thing is about all of the movements that we have, they are just us growing and learning in our understanding about the things of God. And then when a group of people learn the same things, they call it a movement because there's a whole bunch of people that learn the same things about the same time. And being part of a movement After a while, you start to learn where the good and the bad parts of those ideas are. There is this principle that the repetition of a thing, doing it over and over, allows you to find the weaknesses and the strengths of that thing. So I'm going to share with you today what I see as a problem in this movement and in the whole idea and concept, because I think there's a lot of people like me who got involved in the faith movement, and they've become exhausted, and they feel like there's something wrong with them because over the years, it just doesn't seem to be working the way that they thought that it would. So the first idea that we have to deal with is this idea that everything you do and say is a spiritual seed that affects your life. This is what the faith teachers have taught. We've been taught to watch what we say and expect a return on our gifts and our our deeds. And all of that is absolutely true. But the teaching and the expectation that it causes is flawed. All of us can look at our lives and we can all see areas that we planted, words and deeds, but we have not seen any crop whatsoever, or what we see is weeds and poisonous growth. And so the first reaction to this is to believe that there's something wrong with us. Or the next reaction is to think that there's something wrong with faith. And it brings up the idea that the faith movement, and it has been accused and sometimes rightly condemned for promoting this sense that if you're going through difficulty, it's because you did something wrong or you just don't have enough faith, quote unquote. We're told over and over by the faith preachers that the Word, the Word of God, is pure. God is good, and so whatever problems I'm having, it must be me. And that's another area where, yeah, that's probably true to a certain extent. 
But all of this is short-sighted and simplistic. And that's where we all fall down. Life is never simple, and the answers are never easy. I know we want it to be that way, but it just isn't. The fact that miracles happen and that good can be found in the world is, if you think about it, it's actually an exception rather than the rule. I know we've been taught that heaven on earth is possible. And as an ideal, I agree, it may be possible, but only for moments. I don't believe that life can be lived very long without conflict or discomfort. And listen, just let me say, I have heard literally thousands of sermons, counting the ones I listened to multiple times, and nobody says, nobody in the actual faith movement, none of the respected teachers of the faith movement, the big guys, nobody says that bad things won't happen to you. They all say that God will bring you through the difficulty. One teacher I heard put it this way, if you're having difficulty, you either did something right or you did something wrong or you're with people that did. And you can go back to the time we talked about storms. Look, here's the thing. Life is messy. And it sucks a lot sometimes. But Philippians 4, 7 says, The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Living victoriously means living with peace in your heart. Even though it looks bad, you still have peace. That's, that's the whole point. This is peace that makes no sense. Peace that passes understanding. In other words, it makes no sense. You don't know why, but you have peace. That is what the faith movement really means when you get right down to all the brass tacks. And that's pretty much it, as near as I can tell. If God tells you to do something, he's responsible to make that thing happen And he is going to guide you and direct you and empower you to do what he told you to do. Your job, and if you've been following me 10 minutes, you know what I'm going to say next. Your job is to rest in him and to be at peace. The only way you can do that is to make a conscious effort to be in constant fellowship with him. You can't allow yourself to look at your crop, what your seeds are doing, to decide whether or not you did a good job. Success is totally subjective. The only way you're going to know if you did a good job or not is if you're resting in Him. That's what faith is all about. Walking by faith becomes having knowledge of God's will, walking in obedience to that will as nearly as you're able, and continuing in fellowship with God as nearly as possible. This is going to place you in a position to walk as children of God, allowing Him to work His will in and around us. This is how we are healed. This is how we're prospered. And the old saying, 
As you know, all year long we've been talking about cliches, and this is the only cliche I've really heard in the church, quote-unquote, that I agree with. Seek the healer, not the healing. What we know from Scripture and what I know from experience, just like with the lepers, as they went to the temple, they were healed. And as we are seeking God and resting in Him, then that's when you see the miracles. But if you're trying to find miracles without that, you're just never going to get there. I'm sorry. That's just the cold, hard fact. All right, so... That's the very end of season one. Season one is over. Season two starts right now.
is the band Apologetics with their parody of the song Smoke on the Water. You can find them on Spotify and everywhere else that fine music can be found. We're going to continue this theme today of faith. In the Bible, where it uses the word faith, where the English word faith is translated, it comes from the Greek word that means persuasion or conviction. It means assurance, belief, believe, faith, fidelity. So, what we find is that faith is this word which means conviction. And it has become a religious word, but it really only means this attitude of being sure or certain about something. Faith in God simply means that you are convinced that God will do what you believe he will do, and that he is who you believe him to be. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 says it this way, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we've talked about at other times that you can't please anybody without faith. You can't please the checkout lady without having faith that she is and that she will reward you for the money that you give her with the products that you're buying. In scripture, Abraham, Father Abraham is used as an example for us because he believed God And even though there was no evidence in the natural that would give him any confidence, he hoped, even though there was no hope, this is what the Bible says, because his hope was in God, not in the things he could see. In other words, Abraham trusted that God would do what God said he was going to do, even though he was old and he couldn't have children anymore, but God said he was going to have a baby, and so he trusted in that. That's what the Bible tells us. And in addition, we can see from those verses that God has given us an equal opportunity to use faith. He said he gave every man the measure of faith. We all have the same amount of faith. And Peter says that God is not a respecter of persons, so he's not going to give you more faith than he's going to give me. But, you know, not everyone is as convinced as everyone else. And so, I'd look at it this way. It's kind of like a muscle in your body. Everybody has muscles, but not everybody is as strong as everybody else. And that's because you have an opportunity to exercise and build that muscle to be able to attain the same level of strength. But some people do and some people don't. And I think that's similar to faith in that we are given this ability to believe, to be convinced, to have faith, But we have to focus and exercise that conviction in order for it to accomplish what we want it to. Now, this belief must correspond to action, and we call that works, in order for it to be effective. And you can think of it this way. If somebody comes into the room and says, there's a fire, if you have faith in that person and in in what they said, then you're going to have works, a corresponding action, and you'll run out of the room and Go stand in the parking lot. Lastly, if you're going to use faith, there's this requirement that love has to be included in the process. This is the other thing that we learn through Scripture, that God is love. And he says that his faith the faith he gave us and the faith that we have as a gift from him, that faith isn't going to work without love. Because if you try to use faith, if you try to trust in God without love, you're just trying to get something to happen. And that's just the same thing that a witch does. It's witchcraft. You're trying to cause things to happen just because you want them to happen. And that's not faith. So I'm just going to finish this off this week by, I want to go back and talk about the quote-unquote faith movement for a second. And you see preachers on TV or you read articles about preachers, and they're really portraying these people wrongly. As I said before, 
we're all just trying to figure this out. And we have to give each other a little bit of grace and understand that some person might have a really deep understanding about baptism, or they might have a really deep understanding about resting, or they might have a really deep understanding about the end times or something. When we stand in criticism over other people and their revelation, we have to be really careful because it's not really our job to judge what they believe. And I understand the reason we do that is because we're afraid they're going to corrupt us and lead us astray. And I understand that. But as you know from things we've talked about this year, if we're spending time with God and in the Word, we'll be able to see those things and we'll be able to eat the hay and spit out the sticks and God will lead us. As we seek Him and His understanding, we'll find the truth. And it's kind of like what I've always said. I, I have this saying that I that I say. I have this belief that truth seekers always find it. And the reason for that is that God wants you to find it. He's wanting you to be able to find the truth, and he's leading you and guiding you. Don't be afraid of people who say things that seem a little bit strange. You're not going to be led off into error unless you want to be led off into error. Even if you make a mistake, even if somebody teaches you something that's wrong, it's not going to be very long. You're going to be able to see how it doesn't work. And go back to the week where I talked about cults, and that's going to help you a lot to be able to stay on track. If you remember, don't listen to the used car salesman. Walk away. And if anybody is teaching anything that sounds like Jesus isn't God, or that Jesus didn't die for our sins, or if it seems overcomplicated or oversimplified, or that God is a what and not a who. If you're running into those kinds of things, definitely push away and get back into your Bible and look for what God says about things. Okie doke. As usual, I think I've probably beaten a horse to death, and I should probably quit right about here. <laughs>